enormous box, a box of chocolates Would I know to stay away? What's that? And all this box, the box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. And this Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture and things happening around town. It's going to be an edible calendar edition of the show with side servings of pre-Thanksgiving foods in the form of songs. I will not be here on Thanksgiving, but I would like to celebrate a little bit of eating of a musical variety with you today. Starting off with some popcorn from Mr. James Brown. Ready? Talk 
Mother Popcorn by James Brown. James Brown, Mother Popcorn, Part 1. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. And popcorn is our first our first serving, our first course for our pre-Thanksgiving meal this evening. I guess that's kind of an appetizer in the sense that, like most appetizers, you eat too much of it and you don't have any appetite anymore. But there you are. So I'm going to talk about some events going on around town and such. Downtown Home and Garden has a class on kitchen knife skills happening on Saturday. Staff will demonstrate cutting techniques for different meats and vegetables. Bring one straight-edge kitchen knife for free on-the-spot sharpening. Additional knives can be dropped off to be sharpened for a small fee. That's this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Downtown Home and Garden, 210 South Ashley, and you can find more information at 662-8122. The EMU Theater Department has a play called Milk Like Sugar. This is going to be performed this Friday through Sunday. EMU's drama students will present Chris Greenidge's Obie-winning 2011 play about three African-American teen girls who vowed to get pregnant as a way to improve their lives. The Village Voice praised it as an urban African-American sub-world that displays for once neither the brutalizing cliches of a poverty-stricken ghetto nor the discomforting artificiality of a talented 10th safe haven. This is at EMU Sponberg Theater on Friday at 7 p.m., Saturday at 7 p.m., and Sunday at 2 p.m. This is all at Sponberg Theater, which is a part of Quirk Hall in Ypsilanti at EMU. Tickets are available in advance at emutix.com by phone 487-2282 and at the door. So it's a, an edible calendar Pandora's lunchbox. Here's some more edibles. Here's some more's edibles. It's, I think it's a singular. Now, D.D. Sharp had the big hit with mashed potato time in the early 60s, but that wasn't enough. She had to release gravy for my mashed potatoes, and that, too, was a pretty big hit. Went a little something like this. Come on, baby.
I love the idea of lots of groovy gravy things to do. Wouldn't you like lots of groovy gravy things to do? But what could be more gravy groovy than listening to Pandora's Lunchbox right now? This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. We're also at WCBN.org, and you can see at WCBN.org lots and lots of things, including information on the songs I've just played. You can find out who's coming next on WCBN, for instance, at 7, Arwolf and Face the Music is at 7, playing wonderful music from years that end in 8. At 8 o'clock, it's Shimmy Shimmy Coco Bop with Sasha Delmonico, a special guest tonight. Dick Siegel is going to play some live music on Shimmy Shimmy Coco Bop tonight. Dick Siegel on the show, which starts at 8. So, isn't that cool? Some interesting foodish events coming on toward the end of the month. Canned Meat by the U of M German Department will be on Tuesday, November 27th at 5 p.m. U of M drama students present a staged reading in English of Dosenfleisch, Australian, the sorry, Austrian playwright Ferdinand Schmaltz's 2015 satire, exploring how increased mobility leads to increased feelings of isolation. Canned Meat Dosenfleisch, that is, Thursday, sorry, Tuesday, November 27th at 5 p.m. at the MLB building, East Washington, that is free. There will also be an author's forum called A Rich Brew, How Cafes Created Modern Jewish Culture, a conversation with author Shankar Pinsker and Professor Samir Ali on Wednesday, November 28th. And this event is going to be at the place I'm about to tell you. It's going to be Wednesday, November 28th at Hatcher Graduate Library, number 100. It's at the gallery at 100 Hatcher Graduate Library from 5.30 to 7 p.m. And they're going to talk about a book, which is titled A Rich Brew. It says here in about the book, unlike the synagogue, the house of study, the community center, or the Jewish deli, the cafe is rarely considered a Jewish space, but coffee houses profoundly influenced the creation of modern Jewish culture from the mid 19th to the mid 20th centuries. You can find out more on Wednesday, November 28th at the Hatcher Graduate Library. I think the main course is coming out.
Jive turkey has been served. Surely you want some jive turkey, don't you? It's the Ohio players. They know how to make that jive turkey. In case you weren't sure, they just want you to know. Jive turkey. Jive turkey. Anyway... The Ohio Players, man, that's a great song. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's about quarter to seven. Arwolf and Face the Music is coming up at eight. It's cold out there. I mean, it's 33 degrees and snowy and messy. And I think the average temperature this time of year is supposed to be closer to 50, at least for the high temperature. I don't think we're there. But speaking of foods and trying to keep warm, this is a rather remarkable article I found earlier this year about Britain's chicken-heated nuclear reactor. 
Mm-hmm. This is by Marlies Lessing. This article was from the Daily Campus of UConn, not to be confused with DEFCON. So the chicken is a versatile animal, it says here. It can be used for egg and fertilizer production. Their feathers are used in pillows. Their meat can be used in anything from chicken nuggets to soup. And it turns out they can be used to heat nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. In 1954, the British were looking for ways to keep communism from sweeping across Europe. The British had to formulate a way to prevent a possible invading force from coming through the forested area of northern Germany, which was vulnerable territory. Plans were made for a nuclear landmine, oh boy, that could be activated remotely or by timer. The detonation device needed to operate at a specific temperature in order to actually work, but the soil of northern Germany was too cold during the winter. The solution? Add chickens! Yeah. Poultry had a naturally high body temperature, you know, so the plans were place the chickens in the lining of the bomb with enough food for them to last a few days until the bomb was detonated or they expired naturally. A soldier would replace them as needed, of course. Yeah, the chicken idea was discussed, but it was scrapped and replaced by, of all things, fiberglass insulation and internal heating. (laughs) Who would have thought of that? Eventually, the project itself was scrapped in 1958. The the, uh, official details were declassified in 2004 on April 1st. Hmm. Many people thought then that it was a prank, therefore, but in a classically British, stoic way, officials reassured the public that it was real. The civil service, they said, does not make jokes. Hmm. Bully! There you go. Now, uh, wouldn't you like a piece of pie after that? Enough honey for every bee No bird should be without a nest in a tree Love should be divided equally And I want a slice of the pie, yeah I've been searching for love and it just ain't fair I can't seem to find it anywhere Everyone's entitled to their share And I want a slice of the pie, yeah I want some hugging and some kissing I want the things that I've been missing And whoever started passing love around Sure forgot to put my name down There should be enough honey for every bee But love's been playing hide and seek with me Love should be divided equally And I want a slice of the pie, yeah
I want a slice of the pie, too. Have one. It's Jewel Aikens. And he did talk about the honeybee, didn't he? So here's something you could think about. This is from an article on NPR's website. Going to read an excerpt from this for you. Mexico's endangered stingless bees mysteriously find a sweeter home in Cuba. That's by Sadie Witkowski. She wrote this article on the NPR website. This rare stingless bee was cultivated by the Maya more than 3,000 years ago. It may be going extinct in its natural habitat in Mexico, but a mysterious relocation to Cuba may save its future. The native peoples of the Yucatan practiced bee husbandry for thousands of years. The honey of this unique bee was the primary sweetener in food. Only the arrival of sugarcane brought by Europeans in the 16th century supplanted the culinary use of honey. An ecologist describes the honey of of these bees as having more of a citrus flavor than commercial honey with a longer aftertaste. Mm. And an etymologist says today raising stingless bees in Cuba is about as common as hobbyist beekeeping in the U.S., but instead of selling it, the, selling the honey to selling the honey in regular stores, Cuban beekeepers generally sell it to pharmacies or neighbors. By the way, although the bees do not sting, they will bite to protect their hives. So look out. That's an excerpt from an NPR article called "Mexico's Endangered Stingless Bees Mysteriously Find a Sweeter Home in Cuba." One more food item and coming up item here. James and the Giant Peach is coming to the EMU Theater of the Young at EMU Quirk Theater, November 30th and December 1st and 2nd and the 6th and the 9th. It's an adaptation of David Wood's theatrical Hello. It's it's the direction of... Okay, let's start over again. This is James and the Giant Peach. It's about an orphaned boy left with two cruel aunts after being rescued by a mysterious fellow. The boy ends up drifting across the Atlantic in a giant peach in the company of a variety of engaging anthropomorphized insects. Insects are making it difficult for me to speak, so I'd better wrap this up. But that is James and the Giant Peach at EMU Quirk Theater starting November 30th, reminding me of just a little bit ago, we had guests last week talking about a Japanese play called Momotoro, or Peach Boy, and he floated in on a rather large peach. A man and a woman found the peach, tried to crack it open, but in, before they could, a little baby popped out. Good thing they didn't try to eat the peach. And the baby went on a bunch of adventures, fighting ogres and things with various animals. Amazing coincidence, huh? Well, this has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Thank you. I'm very thankful on this Thanksgiving coming up time to you for listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Arbolf is next with Face the Music. Shimmy Shimmy Coco Bop at 8 and then at 9 more wonderful stuff. And I think I have a special way to say thank you to you. Thank you for letting me be myself again. Sly and the Family Stone. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor.
feel so much better now, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank you for dishing it out for us on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. It's almost 7 o'clock. Had a, um, a nice spate of weather today. Weather was sighted um, all over our region. It's supposed to go down to 27 tonight with some light snow. And a high tomorrow of 37, with snow in the morning. Uh, right now it's 33 degrees. How you feel? Are you okay? 
I'd like to make a difference in the way your brain is functioning right now. And I'm going to do this with some old records. You want to listen to some old records? I think if we do this together, we might make a difference um, just in everything we do. If we find a way to relax and listen to what the ancestors have to say. Um, all of these records for the first part of the program are from 1928. The program in question is Face the Music. My name is R. Wolf, R. Wolf. We're on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm thinking momentarily of a passage in Dizzy Gillespie's autobiography, To Be or Not to Bop, which is largely he and his friends just talking. So it's a, it's a transcribed autobiography with lots of other people chiming in. And at one point, Diz said that when he was young, he said, when I was coming up, I didn't understand Louis Armstrong's manner, his attitude. He said, I, I thought, well, he's just Tommen, you know, um, laughing and grinning and smiling in the face of white res racism. But then he said he got a little older and he started to realize that this was some very powerful stuff that Louis was doing with his whole demeanor. And it all renders down to this stance, which is nothing and nobody is going to bring me down. Louis Armstrong. 